You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Steel Curtain Network. That's right. It's still Pickett to Pickens and Pickens being a Georgia Bulldog. It's fitting that we talk about him a little bit as the guy that the Steelers uh, drafted in the first round. Broderick Jones comes from the University of Georgia. Steelers preview crew is here. I'm Jeff Hartman joined by Dave Schofield and Brian Davis to talk all things Steelers. As we assume the draft is still going on that the Steelers are done with their round one selections. We'll keep you updated with that. But Dave Schofield, welcome to the show. How's it going? Oh, it's going. It was one of those things that you were just settling into 17, settling into 17 as it went on. And then all of a sudden, boom, the Steelers are on the clock. Exciting. You know, just scat, you know, running around trying to figure everything out. You're like, oh, what's going on? And it just, it, it was great. I'm, I'm, there's a new Pittsburgh Steeler. What's not to be excited about? Absolutely. Brian Davis, what's up? I am loving life, fellas. I'm so glad that we finally got a pick. We were waiting for 17, and we got it here at 14. Gave up a pick. That's fine. They got who they wanted. I think it's important that before we dive into the minutia of the selection, meaning Broderick Jones in and of himself, I think it's important that we talk about this trade. Uh, The Steelers moved up from 17. They traded with the New England Patriots. Gosh, I can't believe we're saying that. Uh, (laughs) But they traded with the New England Patriots to go up, and they leapfrogged the New York Jets. I think the New York Jets, were they they were the team that was going to take a tackle, and the Steelers weren't about to wait. 
and they trade up. They give up a fourth round draft pick. Now, for those scoring at home, that means that tomorrow, uh, Friday, rounds two and three, the only other picks they have as of right now, you know, they have 32, 49, and 80. They won't pick again after that until the seventh round uh, because they don't have now a fourth, a fifth, or a sixth round pick. Uh, Dave, when you saw what was happening in, in terms of the trade, let's talk about that first. What were your thoughts? Well, I, I talked about it on the Breaking News podcast, which is already out there on the audio side, that I'm like, the report is from the Steelers beat reporters, it was for a fourth round pick. Well, there was a there was a trade earlier in the night that there was an, an, an original report, and then there was a couple other picks thrown in, like later round picks, a swap or something later on. They were like, oh, there was more to that trade. So I was waiting for there to hear that there was more to that trade. There was not more to that trade. And uh, Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin just spoke to the media. And what Mike Tomlin said was very interesting. We were not willing to give up anything on uh, any picks until day three. So when we got into that range and we were able to make that move for that, we pulled the trigger. So they weren't giving up 32 or 49 or 80. They were, they were going to sit back. They were willing to give up their fourth to move up that spot. Um, the fact that that's all they gave up. I think that's, that, that's pretty interesting. I'm now the question is, are they going to stay at 32 or are they going to try to regain some picks? It's going to be interesting. Brian, what, what did you think when you saw the breakdown of the trade from the Steelers moving up three spots with new England? Again, they know what they want. They know they what they can afford to do. Dave just said something very interesting right there. And what he said was, hey, they could make some movement at that 30-second pick. The great thing about that is they can field 31 different calls if they want on that pick because they have first right of refusal on anybody. They control the destiny of the second round, and they've got 20 hours to do that. That's what's going to be interesting, but I don't care who you give up when you see a guy that you want. I had some friends text me and say, hey, they could have gotten that guy at 17. No, they no. couldn't. You do no. not make those trades without having great intel. All along, everybody knew the Jets wanted an offensive tackle. This guy was mocked to the Jets a lot. So as far as I'm, I'm concerned, it's payback for 2007 when the Steelers had, what's his name, Darrell Revis, and guess what happened? The Jets went up two spots, traded with the Carolina Panthers at 14, and took one away from Pittsburgh. So, hey, it takes 16 years to get back. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, the, the trading up thing always brings back those horrible memories of 2019 in 2019 when the Steelers traded with Denver to move up 10 spots to get Devin Bush at the time it wasn't bad but in, in hindsight it, it makes you cringe uh, this only moving up three spots I am actually okay with giving up a fourth round pick and I said this on my let's ride podcast on Wednesday everyone wants them to trade they go oh, we got to get more fifth and sixth round picks why uh, they, they rarely pan out. I went back and read the Steelers draft history in the fifth and sixth round since 2016. And there weren't a lot of players that are even stuck around on the roster for a couple seasons. So um, I do, I would like to then to get a fourth round draft pick back. So if they do make a trade back, that would make sense. But if they don't get the best players that you can 
and get the players that are going to fit your scheme. And that's something that Jeffrey Benedict, who's already said this in the live chat, that Broderick Jones in and of himself is a great fit for the Steelers from a Pat Meyer standpoint as the offensive line coach, as well as kind of a scheme fit. So something to consider that the Steelers did have to trade to get him. But if you have a left tackle for the next decade plus, well, then that's not too bad. But Dave, when you heard about the pick, you saw who else was still available. Christian Gonzalez, shockingly, was still available. Joey Porter Jr. was still available. Uh, were you okay with the selection? Were you kind of hoping that they were going to go a different direction? What were your thoughts, Dave? Well, my first thought was, is it Gonzalez or is it Jones? Is it Gonzalez or is it Jones? I said that in the in our Zoom meeting that we had with the staff while it was going on. And I don't know if it was Jeremy Betts or someone in there that, that said it. If you if it was about the corner, they still had options at corner to just stay at 17. So if you move up, it was for the tackle because if that if the tackle was gone, you had to decide what were you doing with the first round. If you wanted the tackle, you had to go get him. The Jets were going to take him. If you were if the, if you just say, well, let's just sit back and, and see what happens, then that would that would have been um you would have had to had to live with it. But instead they said, hey, let's do it, let's get it. I also find it very interesting that, you know, when the Steelers traded back in 2001, they moved back three picks and still got Casey Hampton. They got a fourth and a sixth for that. And that was from 16 to 19. And this was from seven, you know, 14 and 17. So uh, I think they did pretty good with what they gave up for it. Brian, as you're watching round one happen, and you're seeing what's available to the Steelers as they're getting close. This is before the trade, obviously. What were your thoughts? Well, I'm looking at the fact that two of those corners that have been mocked to them a lot are still available. And there's what? There's 10 more picks until until they go ahead and go. There's some guys out there. I mean, gosh, Will Levis is falling. And that's a position that somebody might want to somebody might want to make a deal. If he's still there at 32. Will Levis can very easily uh, be very tradable, and the Pittsburgh Steelers could go ahead and once again control the destiny. But when I look at everything, I I'm happy because I trust the organization. We don't have a scouting department in our living room, and that's the number one thing. But the other thing is, you you know, Jeff, you mentioned just uh, having a PTSD from uh, Devin Bush, but you're also happy with Santonio Holmes in 2006 trading up a few spots and you definitely one of your favorite players of all time they traded up for Troy Polamalu yeah. so just because it just happened now you know I, I know this could probably you know clean up that bad taste in your mouth so I, I feel really good at what they're doing somebody's gonna fall to that 32 that is going to be a very good value and somebody mentioned you know good thing they didn't get a cornerback because they don't trade they don't pick cornerbacks well come on that, that, this is a different time. Yeah. Now let's talk about Broderick Jones as a player and a prospect. I want to do a quick, uh, I just want to read you all because if you're like me, you've heard the name, you know, where he went to school, you know, that people give him tags like, Hey, you know, you're he's on, he's unfinished product. Like that's something that is, he's not polished. Like those are some of the things that you've already been reading already. So let's look at, uh, this is from our own uh, Ryland B from our BTSE Big Board, which you can actually check this out at btsebigboard.com. Uh, it has all of our Big Board analysis in there. Here's what they say. Jones is an extremely athletic prospect with good size and strength to match. 
with elite physical traits and a stellar resume as a starter on college football's best team. Only Jones's imperfect technique is dampening his draft hype. His footwork and hand placement can be uneven and overly aggressive, and it's fair to say that at times he has over-relied on his excellent athleticism. He can play a little high as well. His awareness as a blocker, although better than some might think, could also use some improvement. Jones's attitude as a blocker is not a problem. However, he's a road grader through and through. Because of that, I think that between Jones' athleticism and want to, he will definitely be able to clean up his technique at the next level. He's a top-notch first-round prospect in my book. I mean, when you look at his measurables, uh, pretty crazy stuff when you talk about, you know, he was a sub-5, uh, 40, 6'4", 315 pounds. We, t- we know he came out of Georgia, used to playing in big games. Dave, when you think about Broderick Jones, you're an offensive line guy. From an actual playing perspective, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think he's really got the athleticism. Um, that's to that's what puts him as, as a first round guy. Um, it's funny because when I was looking at, at his draft profile um for, for the breaking news podcast, one of the things they said was over aggressiveness. So um, and what does Coach Tallman say? I'd rather have to say whoa than sick him. So you hear about the athleticism, the aggressiveness. I mean, the dude can move. When you're when you're talking about an athletic tackle, that's what you really like to see. Big guys that can move. I mean, he was a basketball player. Um, so so he's an athlete. Therefore, that's you know, to, to me, he's a he's a next level guy. He still has to get some polish with him, but it, it fits with what the Steelers are doing uh, on the offensive line. Brian, what do you think about Broderick Jones as a prospect? He's a mauler. He is definitely one of those guys that will crush you. He is big and he is angry and aggressive. Like Dave just said, he's, he's got that mentality that, you know, the Steelers have drafted that mentality before way back in the seventies, when they, they picked up a guy like Joe green and Jack Lambert and those guys that, that had ships on their shoulder. And this is a guy he's young um, he looks like he's 14, like Shannon White said, but he's a he's so big and he can play everywhere on that line. I don't know if he could play center, I don't care about that. All I know is this guy just you know fits big nasty, and I, I, I really think that's exactly the way he plays, and you gotta love it. Now, now when it comes to fitting into the Steelers scheme, I'm obviously you have people like Jeffrey Benedict saying that he's a good fit for Pat Meyer and his scheme and Uh, Clearly, the Steelers are putting a huge emphasis on the offensive line so far this offseason, and there's still more of the NFL draft and free agency to go. But when you think about where Broderick Jones fits into the broad scheme of the Steelers offensive line, I'm going to throw it to you first, Brian. Where do you think Broderick Jones fits on this offensive line as early as rookie minicamp, mandatory minicamp, is, is it a competition for starting at left tackle or is this going to be a, Hey, he's got, he's got to become a more finished product. What are your, what do you think there, Brian? I still think they ease him in gently, but you know, there is some talk that they could start him as a swing tackle, but you're going to get a lot of time there. I could actually see him, uh, act, you know, competing for right tackle right away and there'd be a competition for left tackle and swing tackle. I could think that, but ultimately, I think he's a left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the future. Dave, do you agree or disagree with that sentiment that Brian just said about where Broderick Jones fits on this offensive line? 
Well, yeah, I, I think eventually that's where he'll settle in because that if you have tackles that can play both sides, and honestly, right now, kind of looks like that's what the Steelers have with their three tackles, uh, with Dan Moore Jr., Chuksa Corfor, and, and Brock Jones. Now, some people are like, oh, well, Corfor, they put him at left, he just wasn't as good, okay? Well, Dan Moore, they put him at right, he just wasn't as good. True. But you know what? When it really comes down to it, if if you you've you've got to be good where the where the Steelers need you, and in the long run, Broderick Jones is going to be their best tackle. And if he's their best tackle and he plays plays both positions evenly, you put him at left. Let alone if he plays left better. But one thing that Jones said in his time with the media, something that I read on Twitter, I can't. So many people quoted it, I can't uh, attribute it to any one person. Is that he practiced every week at both tackles in college because they had a very small rotation for tackle and he might've had to fill in on the other side. So he was practicing left, practicing right. He can really play both. Uh, to, to me, you don't have to throw him to throw him in there right away if you don't want to, but if he's ready and he's better than what the Steelers have at the time when they go to play, then you play the best player. I, I like that the Steelers have the options where he doesn't have to go out there, be you know the first snap in week one, but he can, and that's the what more can you ask for? But yeah, I I, I want to do something that's a little bit out, out. I know it's outside the box thinking here. I want to ask you all a little over under question. So over under, typically do this on the Steelers preview during the season. I think of a whole bunch of lines. Let's go with Broderick Jones starts. I knew like, you were going to do this that. This <laughs> is just him starting a game. So, yes, potentially if he's the jumbo guy, that could count as a start, and he could leave the field if he's that, you know, tackle eligible. I'm going to set the line here at hmm, five and a half. And that, that I was thinking of six and a half, but I decided to say no because I don't think he's going to start out of the gate. So if I set it at five and a half starts, Brian, are you taking the over or the under for Broderick Jones starts in 2023? I'm actually taking the over. I cannot mm. see the Pittsburgh Steelers having the luck that they did last year with that whole line being intact for an entire season with barely an injury. So I would probably think that he does get an opportunity to play. Uh, I'm not going to, if you were saying 10, I'm not taking the over, but I feel comfortable with five and a half to say that he's going to get more starts than that. Okay. Dave Schofield, I'm sure you're taking the over as well. I am destroyingly crushing that over. Wow. Okay. Um, absolutely. I, you could have set that line at 11 and a half and I would have taken the over. The only way I think he doesn't start more games is if he gets injured himself. So don't want to speak that into existence. You know, I'm already knocking and everything else because the, Brian's right. There's going to be an injury on the line um, somewhere. I mean, one snap was missed by the tackles last year. Um, if he starts less than 12 games, then I feel the Steelers are getting great tackle play, honestly, because if he can't get on the field because the Steelers tackles are playing that well, good, good. But I, I, I think – you know, maybe the maybe four or five games into it, I think he he could possibly. I mean, it, could it be right away? He absolutely could. I think they don't have to rush him, and he is one of those guys that they said he might not be as polished as, let's say, a Darnell Wright. Um, that that, but he's got a higher ceiling ultimately. So that's why I'm going with the over. Um, 
I, I just think he's a good player. So I think he's going to find his way onto the field. He doesn't, a lot of times when players don't have to is when they do. I, that's what I think is the best situation for them. And that's what, how it all will play out. Well, I don't think that the Steelers, I don't think he starts day one. I think the yeah. Steelers do like Dan Moore, and I think he's going to be the starting left tackle, much to the chagrin of the fan base. And there's nothing to say that Dan Moore doesn't hold down that fort and they let him marinate a little bit. And if there is an injury, I think maybe some spot time. I'm going to surprise people. I'm going to say under. I'm going to take the under on the five and a half because I don't think he starts. And I think the offensive line, I think Dan Moore, if he stays healthy, that uh, and if the tackles stay healthy, I don't think they feel the need to play him. Now, unless you want to talk about those, uh, they're coming out in the jumbo package for the first snap. Here's a start for start for him. Then maybe it's hey, a core four started her, his first game of his career yeah. for that reason. But it's, it's like yeah. what you said though, Dave, if he doesn't, if it's an under and I'm right, that means yeah. the Steelers are getting good play yes. from their tackles. And that's yes. not necessarily a bad thing. Um, Can, so go ahead. Do you have another over under? I did not unless you have one. Well, I just have a question. Sure. At not preseason, regular season, where which side will Broderick Jones see his first snaps in regular I'm gonna go season? I'm going to go with left. What I'm going to say right. Let's I'm going to go right. right as well. I do okay. too. I th- at the end of the season last year, people don't like to hear it. Dan Moore Jr. was playing much better than Chooks score for. He was. He improved throughout the season when Chooks did not. So I would not be shocked to see Broderick Jones actually get his first snaps at right. It still doesn't mean that that's where he's going to settle in. Versatility is the name of the game on that offensive line. Something we're going to talk about when we come right back after this break. For those watching on Facebook, Twitter, or on YouTube, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steeler fans, welcome back. We're talking about the offensive line more as a whole. And they call it the picket fence, the protection around Sir Kenny Pickett and Kenneth Shane Pickett, as we call him here on the Steelers preview. Brian, have you been happy with what the Steelers have done thus far with Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Andy Weedle, everyone else in that front office uh, this offseason and what they've been able to accomplish? I have been so ecstatic with what Omar Khan has done. I have taken my son Connor and I have legally tried to change his name to Khan because I love Or, or, or are you just going to change the spelling to, to yes. the K-H-A-N yes. dash E-R. Don't tell my wife, but the papers are in. Uh, no, this guy, really look, he's aggressive. Now I've talked all along that Omar Khan, I mean, he does have to uh, play a different game than Colbert did because this is a different NFL, but I think he is, uh, I, I think he's going above and beyond in what he's doing. I think he's, kind of going to be a gene that could change the pace of everything even more and not even change it, but set it. I really like what he's doing. I really think that he is the guy and he gets an assist from guys like uh, Andy Weidel. Don't think that Andy Weidel is coming in and he's changing what Omar Khan is doing. He's just enhancing Omar Khan is what he's doing. And this, this guy has been around this organization for 20 years. He was, gosh, he was in a Batman movie and he's, he's a guy that's, that soaked it all in. And I really think that uh, we're going to be talking about one of the better GMs, but the fleecing of the Rams last week, and let's face it, it was a fleecing. I mean, and I'm not talking about just the seventh round pick. I'm talking about, you know, saving those, making them pay $10 million to get Allen Robinson, whether he's just good or whether he's, uh, he only gets you 400 yards and three touchdowns, man, he's doing something. So I'm very happy with the state of the Steelers right now. Dave, what about you? You like the picket fence so far? Yeah. I mean, they're to me, the biggest thing is, is you're, you added an offensive lineman before the draft that is now arguably your best offensive lineman. And then you, you invested your top pick in the draft on offensive line. I've been wanting them to, to, I wanted them to build the line before they even got the quarterback. They didn't do it that way, but now they're at least building the line. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really happy with how things are going with that. And, but I will say one thing, why is it every time the Steelers get a player, the, the fans want to then trade away who they think they're going to play for. That doesn't make any sense. The Steelers need all three of these tackles this year. Trust me that the, the they need to hold on to them because you're not going to have what you had last year. So I, I like to pick, you needed somebody else at the position at some point in, in the draft, just because the Steelers didn't have depth at tackle. Um, and, and if you're going to get someone, I mean, I, I loved Paris Johnson, but he was going to be way too much uh, to go up and get. But I, I think Broderick Jones, he's, I think he could have a higher ceiling than Johnson. He's just also more of the wild card because he isn't overly experienced. But he is young. He is young. 
So with with Broderick Jones, we're we're gonna digest this, and this is the the I wouldn't say the knee jerk reaction podcast, but this is shortly after the pick was made, after Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin met with the media to answer some questions. I, I kind of want to ask you all some questions about where you think the Steelers go next. Uh, the second round and the third round, especially the second though, are going to be huge for the Steelers. When you talk about the thirty second pick, you talk about pick forty nine. They don't have a lot of draft picks, and, and this day two is going to be huge for them. In terms of offense or defense, Brian, in on day two, rounds two and three, do you see them saying, like, okay, we need to start going after some defensive players? Do you think they still add some offensive guys? Which what, what, what happens on day two for the Steelers, in your opinion? You know, I really think that it's going to be defense, but if there's a guy like Darnell Washington there at tight end, you know, when they're picking at 32 – that's a that's a pretty sexy pick if you ask me because I he's big I mean he's even bigger than what Eric Green was and he's faster you know I I would take a guy like that in a hurry I would go back to the Georgia well I would have no problem doing that but I really think they're going to be looking at a corner but there's a guy like Julius Brents what if they can get him with a second second round pick but I really think they're gonna I think they're trading out of 32. I, I really think they're looking to recoup picks and Omar Khan has, has the ability to go ahead and get anything he wants because teams aren't desperate. And again, and we've talked about this for three months, the Steelers aren't desperate in this draft. And the fact that they're not desperate, they could do things like that. Now you might say, well, bad. They just uh, traded up three spots. They traded up spots because they knew exactly who they wanted. And they went and got them. And they're like, man, small price to pay. Just like in the Mighty Ducks 2, your favorite movie, Jeff, when he said, two minutes, well worth it. Hey, (laughs) second round pick, excuse me, a fourth round pick, well worth it. Dave, what do you think about day two and where the Steelers go from here? I do not think that the Steelers are looking to move back at 32 until they see who is left. If there is someone there that they're like, wow, this, uh, this is who we can pick right now. Uh, this was, this is who we might've gone with at 17, but we moved up to 14. Then I think they, they don't, but if there are multiple players that they feel like they would really like there, I'm going with the old Kevin Colbert adage of, we only move back as number of spots of, of, of players that we're comfortable in drafting in those spots. You're going to have, if you're moving back five spots, you're going to have five players you like. So what the, 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 oh, and there goes Jordan Addison. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the, the Steelers moving back is really going to depend on what happens here in these final eight or sorry, only seven. Cause it's only 31 in these final seven picks, because if there's a lot of talent still sitting there, then I think they move back. Um, if there's, if there's, wow, somebody really head and shoulders above, then I, that I see them taking it and maybe moving back with their next one. But I, I think it. I, we're not. We don't know right now. I think it's going to be another forty-five minutes or so until we see who's really left before you can really say, "Hey, they're going to move back." Oh, we got a trade. Um, sorry, <laughs> I keep getting distracted by the actual draft going on. Um, Giants move up. Giants move up. Okay, after the Vikings take Jordan Addison. So, 
I I would like to see them possibly move 32 if they can still get uh, a decent player. I'd like to see them only have to move back four or five spots um, and still have someone up there pretty good. But it really does depend on what happens over these last seven picks. I think if there's a trend in the NFL right now with the NFL, with the draft in and of itself has just been, it's crazy. And this draft in round one was crazy. What do you talk about Houston, Arizona trading? You talk about the green Bay moving, um, no, the green Bay in Detroit. I'm sorry. I didn't use an NFC North team trading a bunch and then Steelers trading up with new England. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? It's going to be really interesting. And Dave just said there was another trade. What was that trade, Dave? You want to announce it? Oh, that, well, it was the, the Giants moved up with the Jaguars, but I haven't heard any compensation. So what yet. pick number are, are they on? That there's currently on pick number twenty-four as we are going live. Uh, no, I'm a, I'm at least thirty seconds behind because I'm streaming yeah. and not hooked into cable. But, and that's uh, one. Yeah. That's one slot because the Giants were picking at twenty-five. Yeah. Yep, they switched one. Man, that's twice now in the, in the first round, moving back one spot. Yep, hmm. Philly and Chicago did that with nine and ten. But I also think it's a situation where you you know you just see teams are are willing to make the trade. They're not just going to sit back and wait and hope and keep their fingers crossed and hope for the best. They're willing to make that move. So when Mike Tomlin in the pre-draft press conference said, "Hey, you know we're excited to field those calls." Man, you know their phone's going to be ringing quite a bit about yeah. people that want that 30-second pick. It's just going to be who's available, like Dave just outlined, and things like Ooh. that. Let's go quick, ahead, Dave. Quick, quick question. Sure. Because a lot of that is like the quarterbacks. Oh, that could be a good spot for quarterbacks. Does one of the two need to go in order for that to be more of an attractive pick for someone to move up? Because between the Le- Levis and Hooker are still both there right now as we're recording, um, would – do you think one of them needs to go? Because if they're both there, people might say, well, let's wait until one of them goes and then we'll move up. Well, I think if they're both there, in my opinion, if they're both there, that someone's going to say, we need to go up and get the one that we want. We're not going to wait and let, let's say they really like Hendon Hooker, but they weren't willing to put a first round grade on him. Well, we'll get him in the second, but we don't want someone else thinking the same thing. But I don't know, Brian, what do you think? Let me play de- devil's advocate on that, Jeff, because we have a history in the last uh I'd say five or six years, seeing quarterbacks go at the 32nd pick. We've seen trades for them to go. The Vikings took Teddy Bridgewater. The Ravens took at number 32 in 2018, took Lamar Jackson. And a lot of the times with a quarterback, and you're you're definitely seeing it with the whole Lamar Jackson, all the drama they had that was cleaned up today with the the new contract, but they want to have that fifth-year option on a quarterback so I think that you actually almost take one in the first round. So I can see it not really being an issue for the Steelers. I think the quarterback situation is going to help the Steelers because a corner might just fall to 32 now because we're getting really close and there's other needs that everybody has. And there's two corners out there that had first round grades on them. I know some people are saying Joey Porter Jr. is overrated, but if he's your second round pick and – Everybody thought you were going to take him in the first round. You're a whole lot happier because he still has the goods. And then there's a guy like Deontay Banks. He I think he just went Giants. off the board. <laughs> 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 so, no, but this is happening live right now. So the, the question is, uh, and this is something that I think it's Tom plays games, gave us $2. Thank you very much. He said, if JPJ is still there at 32, we don't trade there. You agree or disagree, Dave? 
That's why I say it really depends on how the rest of this of the rest of this draft falls out. Or if you do, you've got to get a haul for what for for that. You you're you step up and say, nope, we've got a guy we really like. If you want it, you're really gonna have to pay for it. What about you, Brian? JPJ's there at 32. You trading back? It just depends what they want. I mean, how much they covet them. You know, we think because he's from Pittsburgh and his dad played for the Steelers, maybe they don't want him. But everybody put that because it fits. It seems great, just like the Jordan Addison thing. Oh, he played at Pitt. They've got Pittsburgh's got to take him because there's ties. No, these guys in that war room know exactly what they want to do. And maybe JPJ is not on their list. We don't know, but they're they're definitely gonna. I I actually really think they're trading that pick because of to get the haul. Yeah, I also would want to see, like, we can say if J- if JPJ, Joey Porter Jr., is still there at 32, well, I want to know who else is available. You know, yeah. that, that's really important, too. So when we're talking about the, the the overarching spectrum of the draft, you need to know the other minutia as well. Crystal Privet gives us another $2, says, need a cornerback for Zay Flowers, who was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, sheesh, pretty peasy is what she says. Pretty peasy. I, I, Hey, I'm not going to be upset if they take Joey Porter jr. Um, clearly we as fans and some of us that not, not me that try to predict what's happening. We got these cornerbacks completely backwards compared to what the NFL organizations did. No one really saw Witherspoon going as high as he did. No one saw Christian Gonzalez falling as far as he did. And no one would have ever guessed that Joey Porter Jr. would still be on the board, even as we sit here right now in the mid to late 20s. So things happen. The evaluations are different for everyone. So, all right. I want to do final thoughts. These, I, Let me first break down what's going to be happening here on the Steel Curtain Network. So tomorrow, Friday, you're going to get our regular allotment of podcasts, uh, the let's ride in the morning with, with myself, Jeremy will bets will join me to talk about this upcoming, this draft pick. Um, you're going to get the, here we go Steelers show with Brian and KT Smith. And then in the evening, you're going to get breaking news podcast from Dave Schofield. You're going to get round, uh, I guess what would you, what do we call these round tables? Yes. Round tables. And then we'll be back with a day two recap. Some are going to be a little bit shorter, so there you go. But, uh, Dave, go ahead and do your final thoughts on this draft pick in round one. All right, final thoughts. I'm going to to uh, do a couple things uh, that I heard from the Mike Tomlin slash Omar Khan press conference. And that was um, Mike Tomlin was, was asked, you know, when did you first have Broderick Jones on your radar? And he said, I went to dinner more than 12 months ago with the guys from Georgia that we were down for their pro day. So that would have, I'm pretty sure Pickens would have been one of them um, when he was down there visiting. Um, I, I can't remember for sure if that's who he went to dinner with or not. And he, he asked them this question. I think it's something that he asked all, very often. It's he said, next year at this time, who am I going to be taught? Who am I going to be down here looking at for your team next year? And the consensus was Broderick. You're going to be down here looking at Broderick. So that's pretty interesting that it's that that was kind of brought up on the radar last year. Um, and then another thing was Omar Khan was asked about, you know, in the time that you've been at GM, you've been pretty aggressive. And Omar Khan's like, well, I'm, I'm just trying to win a Super Bowl. I don't know that I'm really that aggressive. And Mike Tomlin jumps in and said, yeah, he's aggressive. So uh, I like that the Steelers knew what they wanted 
and they went and got it. Uh, the the compensation just came up for the for the Giants to move up one spot, and they gave up a, a fifth and a seventh. The Steelers moved up three, gave up a fourth, got the guy they wanted. There wasn't going to be another offensive lineman of that caliber if he was off the board. So, you, and if if they were going to go big or go home, they went big. Uh, we'll see how it pans out, but I'm excited to see the athletic tackle and finally the Steelers drafting an offensive tackle in the first round because, my goodness, it's been over 25 years. Brian, final thoughts. In 1993, the Steelers picked a cornerback in the first round by by the name of Dion Figures from the University of Colorado. In the second round, they double-dipped with a player from Boulder, and they went with Shad Brown. There's a lot of Georgia Bulldogs on the board here that the Steelers might possibly be interested in and might fall to them. A lot of people, I mean, there's there's some really special players there. Nolan Smith, I believe, is one of them. Also, Darnell Washington. There's a lot of people, a lot of people might not love this. Andrew Wilbar will be, uh, we might have to do wellness checks if they take Kaylee Ringo. But there's a lot of guys, the, the Steelers seem to know what they have in the University of Georgia, just like Bill Cowher had in Colorado, because 1993 wasn't the only year that they did that. But when you guys just make a comment that Mike Tomlin said, yes, he is aggressive. And so that's all you need to know. This isn't, this is not Kevin Colbert anymore. It's a new era. It's a new NFL. There's a new GM here and, you know, get used to be being surprised. And that's exactly what we're looking at. So enjoy this process. We talked about this team, not having a, not having a whole bunch of picks going in. They just surrendered another one. But Jeff made a point earlier, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, double down on that and say, hey, wouldn't you rather this team be four for four in the first four rounds than four for seven? You know, you'd rather them have a lot of picks. You'd rather them not have a lot of picks, but have quality picks there. So with that being said, I'm really excited with the way this is going. They weren't desperate going in. They don't have to be desperate. I think with that 30-second pick, they control their destiny, and guys are going to fall to them because there's a lot of first-round grades on these players, and they've got them. What year was it that they had all those – they had like nine or ten picks. Was it, Ulysses Gilbert III was in that draft class, Sutton – what was it, Sutton Smith? Sutton Smith. That was the Gentry year. That was 19. 2019, was yeah. Kevin Bush. Half those guys didn't make the team. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow, look at all these picks. Like, oh, these nice shiny toys. I think it was on the Steel City Insider podcast here on our network that they said it's a very veteran-laden team. A lot of these guys might not even make the team. Well, if you only have, shoot, what, what are we talking about now? Six draft picks? If they all stick with the numbers they have and don't make any trades because they got rid of one, am I right there, Dave? Because they had seven. Yeah. They traded a four, so they would only have six picks. So there you go. Yep. Ryan O'Toole gives us $5. Said scale of one to 10, how happy are you guys with the first round pick? There you go, Dave. Let's say 10 is ecstatic. One is miserable. Where do you fall on that scale, Dave? I would love to say I'm a lot more excited, but at the same time, sometimes I just try to reel it in just a little bit. So I'll go eight and a half. All right. Very good. Brian, what about you on that scale? 10 is ecstatic. One is miserable. I'm going to go with a 9.3. 
I'll go, cons- I'll go conservative <laughs> with a seven. I'll go with this, just a broad base seven. I don't know much about him. I'm not an offensive line guy. So uh, I was a lot easier when it was skill position players like Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett. So, all right, that does it for us on this round table for round one in the Broderick Jones selection. Make sure you stay tuned to the steel curtain network on all your social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. Search Steel Curtain Network. You'll find us. Follow us there. And obviously, wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get not just our shows that are live on YouTube, but also our audio-only content. Check it out. All right. That's it. Dave, why don't you send us out? we got to do it, right? Hey. There you go. We'll see you next time. Everybody else gets a little tight. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.